0: Hello and thank you for joining this RCVS Vivet podcast series. I'm Chris Tufnell, RCVS Council Member, Past President and Innovation Lead on Vivet. As a small animal and equine practice owner and practicing equine vet, I admit that it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day of getting the job done. It's often hard to find time to stop and think, is there a better way of doing this? Are the challenges we face every day in the profession something that I or my team can work out and overcome? It was for that very reason that the RCVS Innovation Initiative, Vivet, was launched. The aim was to help vets and veterinary nurses engage with new developments and put the professions at the centre of innovation within the animal health sector, supporting them in overcoming barriers to innovation in the workplace and in doing so, helping individuals gain confidence in their ability not only to survive but thrive in the ever-changing role of the veterinary professional in this series we talk about workplace innovation and why no matter what position you're in innovation and the mindset that comes with it is invaluable i see firsthand the challenges faced by veterinary professionals and by fostering in our practice a learning culture and an environment that supports creative thinking, I believe we are better equipped to contribute to veterinary innovation in overcoming the challenges we all face. Our series of podcasts will help you to understand how to use innovation to make decisions, collaborate with others, overcome challenges, and develop the skills and self-reflection needed for an innovative mindset. We hope you enjoy. Thank you.
1: Hi, I'm Harvey Wade, founder of Innovate21, an entrepreneur and long-time innovator with many organisations across many industries. I will be your guide in this innovation podcast mini-series. This series is aimed at everyone, whether you're running a practice, working in a practice, studying or just interested in innovation. I'm going to be sharing some stories to help bring innovation to life and to enable you to really think how that applies to you. This series has six episodes, each covering a different yet important innovation aspect. We'll be looking at diverse mindsets, innovation as an enabler, being near and far sighted, navigating environments, creating supportive cultures and being action oriented I'm hoping that in about 15 minutes I can give you tools and guidance on how you can make innovation happen or happen more often in your own world. Any tools I mention, we posted on the Viva innovation site. And if you have any questions, then please do contact me directly by email. This episode is titled Diverse Mindsets Needed: The Need to Collaborate to Achieve Better Outcomes. Firstly, before we get started, why are we focusing on innovation? Why does it matter? Well, There is a huge amount of disruption that is going on in the world today. Even before COVID-19 hit, there was a lot of changes that were happening to organisations that thought they knew how the world operated. The amount of time that companies are spending in the FTSE 100, the S&P 500, is massively reducing. And we all know the stories about Blockbuster... Nokia. I mean, who didn't have a Nokia phone when they were around? Show my age a bit there. And we all know about the rise of some of these really new companies, such as Airbnb, Uber, Tesla, and things like 3D printing. That was massively expensive 10 years ago, and now it's actually fairly cheap to buy on Amazon for $100. So... Because this world is is changing, we have to keep on changing. We have to be aware of what's happening in our world and how we need to respond to that change. And one of the things that often is thought about innovation is that it's the uh, the lone genius. There's this lone genius is going to come up with these brilliant ideas. You know the 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 Dysons, the Edison, Steve Jobs, but. The truth is there was a team behind every single one of those innovators. Yes, they're put on a pedestal, but they couldn't have done it alone. And one of the things that I think is massively important is when people say I've got a brilliant idea, they are going to need a brilliant team to help them make that idea happen. So innovation is very much a team sport you can be successful on your own but you're really not playing the odds and it's highly unlikely you will be there so to increase chances of success you always need to be building a team and that team isn't somebody that is just like you you need to be thinking about what are the skills that you bring and the knowledge that you bring and what are your deficiencies and what i often hear is when people think about innovation is they say well to be honest I'm not innovative. I don't have ideas. And that can be really frustrating to me because having ideas is just one part of it. What I've often found is that some people are really good at spotting problems that need solving. Some people say, oh, they never even realise there's a problem. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. Then some people are really good at being creative and spotting new ideas and, and, and how they come up with these things. But you know what? they're not maybe so good at testing those ideas and you probably don't want them to be implementing them. They probably don't have those kind of skills. And so it's really important that you understand that everybody has a part to play in innovation. Everybody is enabled to do these things. So one of the things that I use in when I work with people, something called the six eyes of innovation and I have found that this is incredibly helpful to get people to understand what they are really good at around innovation. Everybody has a part to play. And at the very heart of the six eyes of innovation is that innovation has a purpose. You're doing innovation for a reason. You're trying to solve a problem or make the most of an opportunity. And then you start to think about how do you identify opportunities. How do you spot those things that are coming on the horizon that you need to be thinking about, that you need to respond to? Some people are really good at looking into the future. Sometimes they're called dreamers, uh, but they tend to really explore things that are maybe outside of their normal working space. Then you have Ignite. So these kind of people are uh, creative, they're passionate, and guess what? They're the ones that come up with the ideas. They see the opportunity and they can actually come up with ideas, lots of ideas. Not all the ideas are good, not all the ideas are, are great, but they do tend to come up with a lot of ideas and help others to make ideas better. Then you move into an investigate stage. So this is where you're actually making sure that ideas are useful. You're testing them. You're making sure that customers are looking for these or users are looking for these. And you have a very rational mindset. You let go of whether this is a good, my idea is good or not. And then you have invest. This is quite a brave decision. Yes, we are going to do this idea or no, we're not. Because if we do it, we're going to have to invest money, time, resource. And who's going to make that call? Then implement. Now implement tends to be really hard and it tends to be actually making these things happen. That's where you lose most of your hair or the hair turns gray because that is hard work. You've not done it before so what looks very smooth on a a written plan in reality is quite a hard and roller coaster journey and I'm sure if you've implemented ideas yourselves you will understand and know that. And then finally, improve. And improve is around, yes, you have implemented the idea, but I imagine it probably wasn't so great when you first did it. And these kind of people are able to understand how to make existing ideas and existing solutions even better. And that's a really, really useful skill to have. one of the things that I would really like you to think about in your own perception is where do I really act? Where where does my mindset think about? where? What do I often come up with? Am I somebody that when somebody's talking about, you know, concepts and trends, I'm just like, oh, come on, just tell me what to do. Just tell me how I'm going to make this practical. Are you somebody that comes up with tons and tons and tons of ideas and you actually don't know when to stop having ideas? Are you somebody that loves to kind of investigate whether ideas are useful? Um, are you somebody that's really good at just, yep, yeah, we'll do this, going to make it happen? And I think that can really help. When you start thinking about your own mindset, what that can bring is you really start to think, okay, well, I'm really good here. And this is my part to play around innovation. I wonder who I need around me when we're talking about the whole innovation process. And so when what we move into is this real view of diversity. And we start to think about I can't do this alone. And what is the diversity I need? And lots of people have a view around diversity. Obviously, there's a huge amount of noise around diversity at this time. But when you start thinking about diversity, there's a classic quote that Henry Ford said, if I'd asked my customers what they wanted, they would have asked for a faster horse. Never quite sure whether he really said that or not, but it's attributed to him. And what we actually need to do is we need to start looking at problems in a very different way and that's what innovation does it looks at things with fresh eyes in a new way that you haven't thought about before and it's very helpful to have people to challenge you around your thinking. Our brains are these very very clever machines and to be honest you'll probably know more about brains than than I ever will but what I do know about brains is that brains like patterns and we form these really well use neural pathways um, because that saves us time and sometimes it saves us money. Um, We hear a a noise and we move um, so we don't get run over. Um, And, and, you know, we put our hands on a a hot plate uh, on the oven and all of a sudden we lift our hand up and there's some reactions. Our brain doesn't even need to operate. But those neural pathways can sometimes be really unhelpful when you're thinking about new things because we don't know how to do that. We don't know how to look at these problems and we see them in our own current well-formed frames Um, and sometimes our brains need some real kind of shock therapy we sometimes need our brains to be kind of thought out and there's a real danger that when you are working together with um, teams that you've done for many years you start to think very much alike there's that danger of groupthink There's a great quote from Walter Lippmann that says, when all think alike, then no one is thinking. And it's very hard sometimes to spot that group thing. But if you get into a place where you know exactly when uh, your colleague is going to want a cup of coffee and you know what kind of coffee they're going to need, or you know when they're going to need a a bite to eat because they're getting a little bit hangry, then you're probably getting to know them very, very well, which is great from a teamwork perspective. But sometimes it can not be great when you're looking to find new ways of doing things. So one of the things we really work, work with people is to encourage that diversity. How do you get diversity and how do you bring around diversity into you? And what, what do we mean by diversity? So one way of thinking about diversity is cross-functional diversity. So if you're in a, a large practice or maybe you're at university, don't just bring in the people that are from your course bring people that are coming from very different backgrounds arts science education um, because what it's really viewed is when you get horizontal networks rather than these vertical silos and you've got this diversity of expertise you're three times more likely to innovate than uniform vertical networks that's a bit of uh, academic speak there but that's done by Professor Martin Ruff of Duke University and he found that you get better innovation when you have this cross-functional diversity. So that might be one thing to think about how you do that. The second other diversity is, is kind of this experience and age and mixing the experienced with the beginners or the rookies. Now why is that helpful? So I'm sure you might be in a position where you've been at your practice for a long time you may have just joined but I bet if you just joined you're seeing things again wonder why they do it that way and one of the best industries that bring in this practice is actually Broadway so theater obviously um, struggling right now but when they are doing a new play they will also be bringing in experienced actors and inexperienced actors and what's really nice about when they bring them together is that the experienced actors can really help the inexperienced rookies to be able to understand how we do a performance every single day, how we make this um, quality and keep the energy up. The rookies might look at a, a play and help the experienced guys go, I've, I've never thought of it like that. That's a really interesting way of playing that character. Thank you for that. And they see these different eyes, they see through these different eyes. So really think about how do you really encourage that diversity? And then I think lastly um, is is the obvious one, which is around gender. So how do you bring in that that gender diversity? Because men and women at a high level do think differently. Um, And there's been lots of work that's been done by, when you look at the kind of VC world, uh, venture capital world, and saying actually female founders perform better than founders that are all male and and that's really interesting for well why is that why do they and and i'm not going to get into that because i probably get myself into trouble but i would really think about if you are all just one gender when you're working things you're probably going to be missing something and missing a viewpoint so really encourage you to think about that um and and often you might need to engineer these uh collisions of diversity sometimes they call it creative collisions um and one of the things that google does is quite interesting is on their campus they actually make the the queue for the canteen they deliberately make the that quite a long wait why is that well because they want to encourage googlers to be meeting and talking with people they wouldn't normally meet with which is happens in the queue hey what do you do what do you do that's interesting and you'll be amazed at actually what they find is almost 80% of ideas are conceived outside of meetings so that's just something to really consider around diversity and how do you how would you engineer diversity in your world I want to tell you a story of diversity in action and I found a great story, which is a medical orientated story. So, I don't know how many of you have ever personally had uh, an MRI scan, and I don't know how often you would use those in your practices, but GE Healthcare were having some real issues with running MRI scans with children. As you'll know, an MRI room is a very white, sterile room. It looks very medical. And for a child, it is quite a scary experience. It's this big machine with a massive hole in it and a bench. They're the only ones that are allowed in the room. And what they were finding is that when children were meant to be having an MRI scan, there were a number of problems. One, the child didn't want to go in on their own. So it took a long time to convince them to go in on their own. And then when they were in there, it would be very hard to be sort of listening to somebody talking to you over a loudspeaker and having to lie still. And they found that image resolution tended to be very poor because the child was moving around, was squirming, because this thing was kind of moving around. And they were like, what's going on? What's happening? And they were, how do we make this better? And because what was happening to actually get around this, many children We're having to be sedated and that's not a good experience for anyone. So Doug Dietz, he was a principal designer, was actually thinking, I wonder how we can solve this. If he asked the engineers, the engineers would probably start thinking about how can we make the machine smaller or quieter or do something in terms of the mechanical nature of the machine. Doug thought, I think there's a better way of doing this. I think this is all about the experience of the MRI. Who's really good at making magical experiences? And he instantly thought of Disney. And so what he did, he actually started to think, how how would Disney go about doing this? And he started to work with Disney to think about what could be a way of improving the experience of having an MRI scan for children. And so what he did is he actually started to really think about the look and feel of the machine. He started to think about the experience before the child ever arrived in the hospital. And what they came up with was before a child was going to be having an MRI scan, which was normally scheduled in, they would receive a sort of a comic, which would be a cartoon comic, and it would be showing that they are a hero. In some kind of adventure, they would have to achieve something. And then when they got to the actual hospital, what they did is they actually decorated the MRI scan in a scanner into the same look and feel as the comic. And although the child knew they would have to do this on their own, they were ready for it. They knew they had to be brave and be the hero. And as a result of doing this, they actually found that the throughput of children's Scanning was was, was, was much, much higher, and they didn't have to sedate so many children. So we're coming to the end of this podcast. So just in summary of what have we covered, diversity thought is really essential to identifying ideas, new ways of working, and everybody can take part. So really engineer diversity in your team, and just watch out for any groupthink when you're all going to be thinking the same. Different perspectives are vital, not annoying, You will find them annoying, but they're incredibly useful for you to coming up with new ideas. Be aware of your own bias and take account of it when you're responding to things, when you're thinking about things. It is there whether you know it or not. And then is there another industry that solved the problem you're wrestling with? Can you bring some ideas from outside of your industry? This brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, then please do email me at harvey 21co Love to hear from you. In the meantime, look after yourselves and see you next time.